Hello and welcome to Bring a Plate. My name is Peter Taggart. And I'm Rebecca Shaw. Rebecca, seven years Hello. have passed. We're back. Um, <laughs> the curse has lifted. The curse has lifted. I was thinking, you know, back in the old days, like seven years ago, when every <laughs> start of every episode, we would say we were somewhere different. And it was a little joke, you know, it was like a little wink yeah. wink, because of course, we were always in my house. Um, yeah. But I thought today we could say we were... Um, uh, standing with the police guarding the um, BG statue out at Rockcliffe. Because <laughs> as we know, last night, uh, as we're recording this last night, uh, there were pictures circulating of um, mm. about, I don't know, 40 police guarding the Captain Cook statue, uh, I think in, in Sydney, I guess. It was in Sydney, obviously. And I said... Where all the good cops are. The Bee Gees are, is really the only statue I, I would protect. I don't know about you. <laughs> it's a beautiful tribute the to Bee Gees the Bee Gees. statue so in it, Brisbane? It's out at Redcliffe, which is sort of just uh, out... I don't really count it as Brisbane. I remember no, um, no. on one of my first dates with Ben, I made him drive me there this was like probably two weeks in and he was you know when you're like still fresh in a relationship and you're like looking for pretending like pretending to be fun you're pretending to be fun and he was like what would you like to do and I was like you can drive me an hour out to Redcliffe so I can get a picture with the BG statue and I didn't realize until I got there it's it's not the Bee Gees as we know them it's the Bee Gees as little boys oh. <laughs> Because, because you know, their only tenuous what? connection to um, Redcliffe is the fact that they spent like seven minutes there as children, <laughs> and then they flew back to the UK where they hit it big. But it's it's That's, very strange. But on our second date, can you drive me to see a statue of of little boys? <laughs> uh, how is and we're he, still together. Honestly, yeah. oh, it's been a great week, hasn't it? It's been a great week month year it's all just getting better and better yeah oh my god it's yeah well let's not talk about the jk rowling (laughs) police brutality um we're here to talk about something really important important. today so god we're here to talk about uh, uh reality tv um, mm-hmm. In my downtime, uh, in quarantine, in lockdown, I've been watching, I'd say, 90, 95% reality TV to the point that it's driving Ben completely. He actually cracked the shits the other day. He said, I'm going insane. We we can't watch any more reality TV. He, he suggested we watch <laughs> the uh, the 1960s, I think, French comic masterpiece Playtime by Jacques Tati. Have you heard of that? And I said, no, we're not watching that. Poor Ben. We're not watching Playtime by the French absurdist filmmaker Jacques Tati. We are watching another season of Real Housewives of New York, which we will get to. Um, And on that point, I, I couldn't think of anyone Better to join us for this chat, this fireside chat about reality TV today, than someone who has really been my guide 
to the world of Real Housewives. I didn't know where to start. She told me exactly which season to start with. I've since watched six seasons in oh six weeks, which seems like a lot. Um, but they <laughs> That's go because it is. But they go down very smooth. I got to say, mm. um, it's like um, when they put rum and coke on tap into a yes. bar. Yes, yeah, it's like exactly it like that. <laughs> It goes down really smooth. Particularly in Toowoomba, only in Toowoomba. Um, I I couldn't think of anyone better. She's a writer. She's a a culture critic, uh, maybe a doctor. I don't know. Um, She's everything. And and she's the most frequent guest on this podcast, by which I mean this is her third appearance in seven years. (laughs) Please welcome uh, Brody Lancaster. Brody, thanks for joining Brody. us. Oh, thank you. I'm the Bundy and Coke of reality TV. <laughs> you are. I thought you were going to say you're the Bundy and Coke of this podcast because you are from Bundaberg. <laughs> I mean, I am that as well. <laughs> I do love that you've been on three times in seven years, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when we're compared to the amount of podcasts we've done in seven years, it's actually it's quite a lot. high. I, yeah. It's like every third episode, right? Yeah, and you exactly. were together for, so your first appearance was to talk about uh, the fingering scene in Reese Witherspoon's oh. Fear. Oh, God. Fingered on a roller coaster, yeah. <laughs> Fingered on a roller coaster. Oh. All right, I have a fingering segue to reality TV <laughs> later, but I'll save it. <laughs> Please, do we, I'll remind you of that. The, the phrase fingering segue is beautiful. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure the last time I was on the podcast as well, I was trying to figure it out. It was definitely, I got on, it was when you did a podcast at the Wheeler Centre and I got on stage and the, I think the first thing I said was like, Kim and Kanye just had a baby. That's right. <laughs> you and broke the trying, news. I was just kind of like very quietly typing to try to figure out if it was North or Saint. And I think it was Saint, <laughs> Saint West 2015. All wow. I remember about that Wheeler Centre recording, and I think I've said it on here before, is that I was so nervous. I'd never done anything like that. And it, and it was quite a – it was a decent crowd because I guess it was part yeah. of a festival. So people were just and coming. And fan, many fans. Many fans, obviously. Your fans. I remember Be- Beck and I nervously pacing at a food court across the road before, <laughs> like all glamorous stars do. I love that food court. It's and, a great food court. And um, all I remember of that show is that front and centre – there were these two very attractive straight guys who were sitting there, didn't laugh once, not even a teehee, not even a smile, everything even... I sent, I said, and I was just zoned in on them the whole time. It was good. Good for my they ego. D- they didn't like your poem about Gilmore Girls. Oh, I, th- I honestly think they might have walked out. <laughs> they didn't know what they were in for, to be fair. That's the straight equivalent of like when you see a movie that's like that people walk out of is them walking out of you reading your more girls' <laughs> yes. They're like, we can't sit here any longer. Well, it was at the end, to be fair. They, their patience had really been tested at that point. And we have to obviously shout out Rebecca Varco, who brought us down. Yes. Because somehow convinced them to do it. God, almighty, what an I angel. Be- I believe there was a moment where I acted out um, a key moment in the Harry Styles, Louis Tomlinson, like fan oh, fiction. I do, yes. Where I, I like got up uh, and like rubbed your shoulders or something. Yeah. Wow. Literary, just a literary institution. And look how much we've changed. We never talk about Harry the- Styles or 
Kim and Kanye. The Wheel of Center was defunded after that. <laughs> <laughs> so it should have been. Um, oh, wow. I want to start off by talking about, uh, I think a lot of us would have been introduced to uh, reality TV in our teen years. Um, that was the prime time probably for me watching reality TV because it was still kind of new then. I remember, you know, you know when it was like first happening and they were like, this is the end of the world. Remember those days that mm-hmm. those were the biggest problems? It was like, mm-hmm. this is dragging our culture down, these reality shows. I mean, they were right to think Yeah, that. it was the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, been fun. So I think the first one that really caught me was probably The Mole. Oh, um, yeah. Which was, and I'm talking about Grant Bowler days. Remember how creepy Grant Bowler was? So, oh yeah, the hedge maze challenge. Do you remember that? Yes, with the cameras on the oh my head, god, the lights, terrifying. It was actually I my whole family watched that. Yeah, I, think. I don't think I watched the mall, but I remember vividly being in primary school in Bundy, and like people were like the mall was like such a thing that mm-hmm. I think at lunchtime in, like, games, it'd be like, you're the mole, no, you're the mole. <laughs> and it couldn't be done now because it was really, it wasn't pre-internet, but it was sort of pre-social media a little bit because now, like, there would be someone with a tenuous connection to one of the contestants who would say, oh, they're an actor or, oh, you know, I know yeah. them, and it would be mm-hmm. so easily mm-hmm. spoiled. So it couldn't yeah. happen. And it, so it was at exactly the right time. And it was kind of dark and creepy. You had and Grant Bowler because he was an actor as well. He was such a he brought such a sinister tone to like the hosting job that I don't think we've seen since. He was a real thespian. Yes. Oh, such a thespian. And I think aside from like competition shows, um, like I loved like the Anna Nicole show, um, <sighs> which is I don't know if it holds up after since she died. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I've been planning to do a full watch of that. I remember it was, I mean, now it feels a little bit like laughing at her tragedy, whereas at the Mm. time we were really laughing with her tragedy. So (laughs) I just remember that uh, (laughs) laughing with her tragedy. I just remember there was like a Molly Shannon sketch on SNL where she played Anna Nicole in the Anna Nicole show. And um, I guess Anna Nicole Smith, like, you know, she wouldn't always say words right. No. Um, and she would talk about, like, the Molly Shannon sketch was basically Anna Nicole Smith flying a helicopter <laughs> and saying, like, get out of my hair space. <laughs> You're in my hair space. Um, oh, and the other one I, the other one I watched, um, and I think, I'm sure, Brody, you'd be across it, was The Simple Life. Yeah, uh, I was just uh, about to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, which my friend, it was a real, that was probably my number one, like aside from those competition shows. Uh, but my best friend at the time, who was straight, by the way, he's got Shut many up. children. They had, a, had his first child at like 18, I think. <laughs> Anyway, it's not bad. <laughs> what are we meant to praise you for having I'm two just, friends? Yes, you you are meant to actually. Yes. Okay. Well, congrats. We all grew up in Queensland. We all have yeah. friends who had kids at eighteen. I know. I'm like, and. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm like, saying he was a very he was a very sexually virile straight friend. Okay, I just want to point that out. Um, but he wasn't allowed to watch The Simple Life um, because I think oh. not even his. Not even his parents. I'm pretty sure his uncle forbid him. It was a very strange situation. Imagine your no. uncle stepping in and telling you you can't watch a show. But his I'd be un- like, is it Christmas? Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. His uncle forbade him from watching the show because, and I quote, um, it made fun of good country people. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. 
I remember okay. before the first episode of The Simple Life, I, it was on Channel 7 probably, and um, because it was it was so pre-internet for us that, like, Channel 7 had put together this special on, like, who is Paris Hilton <laughs> before it aired. And so there was, like, this... I remember vividly tuned in to watch The Simple Life and before the first episode aired, it was, like, a half-hour special being, like... She is very famous. This is why she's famous. She's made a sex tape. Her Really the, selling us. The hotels. And for me, I was like, oh, okay, now I'm up to speed. Like, where's Paris been? She's just, like, chilling? Paris That's is DJing now. That's so um, smart of her. Just, like, get out of the... Get out of it and go do some DJing. Yeah, she's a very, like, she makes a lot of money DJing. And she, um, I remember watching a video of her DJing at Burning Man a few years ago. Wow. Um, it's a big gig. Pretty big gig. She DJed at Crown in Melbourne a few years ago as the well. I didn't, gig. The gig. Like, you can't get, she probably retired after that. But she's pivoted to YouTuber now. That's like, right. She's doing cooking uh, things, isn't she? She did the cursed lasagna cooking <laughs> video. <laughs> Which was true horror. Um, but she knows what she's doing too. She's always, she people don't like think she's short, switched on. Short fingerless leather gloves as like yes. her hygiene gloves in that video. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was incredible. But, um, but you know, she DJed at, at the gay night in Brisbane, which I thought was very interesting because like gay men in Brisbane were very excited about going to see Paris at this gay club, but they have also very short-term memories because if you do remember, there's that famous audio recording of her saying, all gay men are disgusting. <laughs> Look, she, she's not wrong, but she... <laughs> gay men love to be told they're disgusting yes. by women. It's <laughs> fine, and so they should. And in a true reality crossover, Millsy. Mills. Yeah. Oh, Australian Idol. How did I forget yeah. about Australian? Oh, that was probably my first action. Well, because now you know him as a theatre star. Probably. That's right. He plays yeah. the. He plays. Um, I recently watched some episodes of Neighbours, which he stars in as the bad guy. Oh. And he is play. He was playing a the, like the villain who was scheming to get Susan out of her p- position as principal, so he could become principal. <laughs> is that what Neighbours has become now? Yes. Wow. <laughs> And I'm His like, range. all this scheming to become principal of high school. Oh <laughs> In Erinsborough. Yeah. He's actually quite ba- quite good, though. Actually, now that I'm saying, I, I said The Mole was my first reality infatuation. I'm forgetting about Pop Stars, which we Pop all watched Stars as well. Was, yes, yeah, that was early. One. Never forget Pop. Like, Sophie was so funny on that show. She okay. was so. F- <laughs> she was no reaction. She was so funny. I was just trying to remember whether it was pops. It was pop stars like season three when they did the solo stars, and I was oh, very season, yeah. I was very maybe because season two was scandal apostrophe us yes with um that girl Tamara who went on to date um Kyle Sandler and then season three was Lee Harding. So, of wasabi oh, fame was it wasn't I he idol so. he was idol you fucking he lee harding <laughs> lee harding was so. idol no pop stars was scott kane scott kane of course how can who, i forget who yes. covered leo sayer which was a real <laughs> venn diagram of my and my mum's interest your knowledge of scott kane this is why we brought you on i'm in, i'm picturing that cd single it was like his face blue background oh my god he was he wasn't an attractive man is what i remember i'm moving on yes i'm feeling strong i'm good as gone 
of your heart, babe. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa, that's and so then he cool. did Leo Sayer, The Rage. Did he have Leo Sayer? Because sometimes with those singles that they'd release, they'd have like track two would just be a song they sung on the show. Do you remember what track two was? Um, Moving on remix. <laughs> probably. <laughs> that reminds me also, I'm really going on some tangents here. This no, is sparking, sparking a lot of memories. But <laughs> remember in the first season of Big Brother Australia where they had a challenge to write a song and it was like, don't you think that it's strange oh, that Big so Brother strange. is watching? He's watching you. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, uh, oh, bro, bro I, I had the CD single. Okay, so my job for our... Because we were all like me, my mum and my sisters were like, this is a jam. Yeah. Let, let's go buy the CD single at Big W at Sugarland Shopping Centre. Yes. And I'm pretty sure we mum probably drove us there after school. It was like, Brody, run in and grab it. Run in. They're probably sold out. You need to be quick. Push wow. people out of the way. Push people out of the way if you need to. And I ran into the Big W, like, AV section and bought the Big Brother CD single. And we were all so excited. Didn't have a CD player in the car. And so we had to wait till we got home. And we all like stood around ready to listen you to our You sped home. She got booked for speeding home. <laughs> Mum's speeding in the Tarago. And we cop let her off though because we get home. He said, I understand. Because <laughs> also he was my dad. Um, <laughs> anyway, we get home, put on the CD. And then um, it's just a CD remix of the Big brother theme song so like and it was just various like dance remixes of that and i so disappointing i felt shame that's when you first experienced true disappointment in life and things were gonna be bad it's sort of like um drag race how rue keeps making songs that they all have to sing to or like write songs about her Big Brother is RuPaul. Well, let's let's pivot <laughs> yes. to Big Brother now because I thought we could talk about our our Big Brother memories before we uh, talk about this sort of new rebooted season, which has actually made some headlines in recent days. Um, oh before boy, has it. before we decided to talk about it, by the way, uh, after we decided to talk oh. about it, rather. Um, I, I wanted to share a story. I just remembered this morning. So I, I love Big Brother. I loved um, Sarah Marie was my gateway drug into um, my obsession with uh, Big Brother, obviously. And how you became gay. How I became gay. I, I owned the bunny ears. Um, wow. Being I, gay is the true bum dance. I owned <laughs> it's the, Some would say it's the greatest bum dance of all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved Reggie Bird, um, who was uh-huh. later seasons. Um, I remember her. Um, something I quoted for many years after her and uh, her and Chrissy Swan lounging by the pool, and her saying very loudly, "Can you see my flaps?" Um, <laughs> one of the great moments on Australian TV. She this it's, it was perfect because Chrissy is legitimately funny. Yes. Like she was so funny, funny, and Reggie was just like such an uninhibited character but like no concept of reality tv or like no like there's no self-awareness and they were why they were great characters because they weren't going in to necessarily perform and none of them maybe maybe not chrissy but none of them in those really early years thought they were going to get a radio gig out of it and now and now in the most recent years it's just auditioning for a radio gig it's auditioning to be an influencer of some sort it's it's all a, it's all a performance and audition, um, 
although I think they've cast this season quite well, but we'll get to it. Um, oh, the other person early years, by the way, who you'll both remember, um, when they talk about gay representation mm-hmm. on TV, mm-hmm. Farmer Dave. Farmer Dave. Oh, Farmer Dave. One of the most handsome men handsome. of his time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True handsome. And a true nightmare, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I remember watching that and when he like came out to them. Yes. And he was like sobbing. He it was, was like very affecting. And it was mm-hmm. like a shock because he was like I'm a farmer and I'm gay. Yeah, can you exactly. can you believe it? And every Australia was like, "What?" No. Yeah. <laughs> it truly really did blow some minds. It did. And and then for years after, he was a real Brisbane personality on the scene. Oh. Not that I was on the scene, by the way. <laughs> but and you'd see him, you'd see him at the um, Redcliffe Place farmers markets every Wednesday selling his wares. What, visiting the statues of the little boys? <laughs> I said Redcliffe, not Redcliffe. They're very different, oh, Brody. Fuck, fuck me, all right. <laughs> and you saw him every Friday night at the beat selling oh, his wares. Absolutely, selling in, in another way. And also, can you imagine a show on today that could continue after something like the turkey slap? Oh, God. Or after something like, remember, I just remember before Merlin came out with the, um, Refugee. You know, Freed the refugee oh. sign. That um, he there was a there was an incident where there was a guy in, who was like very alpha in the house, and he had like dreadlocks, I think, or maybe in my oh, yeah. in my memory, all white demons have dreadlocks. Yes, but um, <laughs> he was like a personal trainer, or he was from Adelaide. I'm just listing things that I think are bad, Creepy. but like, <laughs> I'm sorry, no offense to Adelaide, but I'm pretty sure all those things were true. And he was like chasing Merlin. Merlin was like very upset. They'd had some kind of argument, mm. and he was trying to get away from the situation. And this guy was like chasing him, like Horrendous. antagonizing him all around the house. Oh. Um, True bullying, literal bullying, and and there's a bit of that this season too. There's like, do you oh. remember also when Chrissy when she heard people making fat through the wall? The wall? <gasps> yes. Oh my god, I remember it so well, Beck. Do you I remember know? so well? Yes. Not to be so on brand for myself, but I literally woke <laughs> up this morning and the first thing I did was go, I want to watch that interview from 2012 where Chrissy and Jane interviewed Niall from One Direction. <laughs> and that was literally, I texted a link to that to a friend at like eight o'clock this morning. You like sit, you li- jolted up. Your eyes open and you sit straight up in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Can, can I just say though, I thought it was like in retrospect, the whole, the whole Merlin situation where he had pre-planned this big mm, statement oh. he was going to make because he had, remember he had to hide it from yeah. producers. Was and he, he season one or two? No, he was later, I think. Because he, he had to have known that there was this big live yes. element yeah. to the evictions, yeah. And I just want to say, I, as cool as I think it is, and I thought it was very cool, and I, I, th- I think I thought it was cool at the time, but I think it's even cooler now, it's so disappointing that the person who made the refugee statement was someone called Merlin. <laughs> I know. I was like, does this, couldn't it be anyone else? I was working I at a um, fundraising company in Brisbane once and this girl came in for an interview and she had like dreads and went for Greenpeace. And she was like, um, my boyfriend Merlin's waiting in the car. And I was like, <gasps> oh! well, it's definitely got to be. Him. <laughs> yeah. How many Merlins? This is wow. all tracking. <laughs> my mum, I'm just remembering all my mum's favourite 
contestants from Big Brother were like just the nice men. So it was oh, like yeah. Trevor. Tre- Trevor. Yeah. Same as my mum. Trevor, who proposed to his girlfriend, Peter, who she Peter, called Pointer, yeah. of course, who was like, um, the his parents had died and so he was Did he have something wrong with him? Like some something wrong illness? with him. No, he he just had thick eyebrows. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> but oh. there was one like that who like had some sort of congenital disease or something. Oh, okay. Oh. And or then maybe my it was mu- just like I don't know. Maybe it was eyebrows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my mum's favourite was the um those twins who uh, went in yuck. and no. what were they called? The, they were called like the, the hot twins. They were the hot twins. No, no, no. no they were they name. were nerdy. Oh, nerdy their name, twins. Their name was like the Tims or something because they were identical twins who had to pretend to be the same yeah, person. And so one yes, would get yeah, called yeah. to the they'd get called to the diary. The Logan room. twins. Yes. The Logans. That's yes. it. But there were two hot ones too. That's the same ones. Oh, was Brady just thinks they're nerdy. <laughs> oh, no, I'm confusing them because Tim was the guy who won and it was between Tim and the Logans. That's yeah. it. Oh, okay. Bro, I would love these guys are like earned a legion of fans <laughs> thanks to their sculpted physiques and good looks. And Brody's like nerds. Nerds. Huge nerds. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> brought, brought in because they like their career that they were going to get out of it is like just nightclub appearances. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> Shooting yeah. T-shirts out of I guns. I can see them on um, Sean Cody. Twin cest. Also, I remember very vividly Fitzy, who is oh, now yes. Fitzy uh, yeah. of radio fame, yeah. started out on Big Brother. And I remember so vividly vividly speaking of nightclub appearances he came to a nightclub in Bundy um (laughs) I was too young to go but like he a big thing on the show was that he was like I love women's shoulders like I love collarbones and shoulders (laughs) and so I remember my elder sister and her friends went and they like wore boot tube dresses and like spaghetti strap dresses (laughs) (laughs) to become like the 500th women he fucked that year a little honey trap a a collarbone (laughs) honey trap but at least he he at least was like oh I'm an XAFL player whatever but he was like funny and charming oh yeah like he had something not like these this fucking new AFL Man. Oh, who I think is who I think is the most attractive man I've ever seen in my life. I knew you. Would. He's hot, but he's a demon. He is terrible. He's not. Oh, okay. He yeah. is. Can he's I... got a beautiful Roman nose. Back. Yeah, I knew. You know yeah. how I like that, that. big nose. I love I that nose. Yeah. If he if he was a little less, this is my house and my rules. Yeah. We're talking about PS for listeners. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Daniel Gorringe <laughs> on the current season of yes. Big Brother, and can I just give you some AFL background please so his whole thing I've seen him before even though he was like you know historically not a successful AFL player his whole thing is like he got drafted to one big team played like one or no games got drafted to another team played like one or no just kept getting dropped so now is not an AFL player but he was on this like AFL ad campaign last year oh weird where he was essentially like the premise was he was a real estate agent showing people around an office um, because his career had not worked out. And he was like, it was about the AFL draft. And he was like, I got picked at number 10. That didn't go so well for the AFL. And then he was like, tune in for to see pick one, pick 50, and all the Goranges in between. So Goranges? As in Daniel Goranges. His name. Oh. So his name is literally 
like a symbol for like average and disappointing. Yeah. And now he's in the show being this like alpha, like, you know, <laughs> I'm better than everyone. And I'm like, uh, you're a real gorge if you ask me. <laughs> and they're trying to set him up as kind of like, I guess the heartthrob. They're trying to set up this kind of weird. Well, it works <gasps> on you fucking idiots. Relationship. Right? No, but this relationship thing he has with this oh, other right. blonde woman. And look, I'm only, Talia. I'm only ever going to accept one big brother romance and that is the greatest romance of all time jess and marty jess and marty jess with her teabag earrings jess who lost her um her brother in bali remember that that was terrible oh yeah why did i bring that up i'm bringing it down <laughs> but that's a this one fact to know history. about it. yeah it is australian history it is it's culture um i'd forgotten talia's name the blonde or oh, actually i didn't forget i didn't bother to learn it <laughs> well yeah, let's talk about the new. Let's talk about it. the new season because because the the sh- this show obviously we've talked about all our favorites. It was always about the casting. You have to get the casting always. right. I kind of think for the most part they've done a decent job with the casting, at least compared to previous seasons oh, where it's yeah. where it's all been promotional models. They've at least tried in this mm-hmm. season to get different types of people, still mostly white people. And we can talk mm-hmm. about the fact that three of the four non-white people were eliminated in this last week, which was wouldn't wouldn't be an okay, issue. If, also, wouldn't be an issue if you cast more than four. Yeah, <laughs> but they've also, got the casting right, sorry. but they don't have the structure right. I don't think. No. What do you mean? Like, sorry, I should elaborate on that. They, <laughs> you know, they fill the house with what sixteen people, twelve people. They mm. keep adding more, and yeah. every episode we see three days jammed into one. So it's basically mm. like Talia and Daniel being bitchy, mm. then a challenge where they're bitchy, then whoever wins the challenge, which is so far Talia, um, and that guy with the glasses who I like, Garth, um, mm. going in and nominating people based on personal grudges and then the elimination. Yeah. Like we don't actually get – we don't get any can you see my flaps moments. I know. And that's oh. what it was all like you stole my cereal. Remember every every oh. fight in the Big Brother house was like you ate my food. I want more of that. There's, there's no – like we see them like celebrating getting a big – roast dinner Mm. and fucking tea i can't the only relationship we have seen on the show is angela and her tea but like the we don't see we see them celebrating getting a big dinner but we don't get to see them kind of like eating bread for every meal or like eating the rations or dealing with any of the actual you need to get their personality as well yeah you need just to like them being funny and talking, lying around the pool or whatever. Or having, like, those political rows that they used to. Um, Well, well, that came up with – okay, first of all, I was watching – because I didn't watch it live, I was catching up. And so I didn't realise as I was watching that Laura was the first one eliminated. So when I was watching, I was like, wow, I love Laura. Mm. And then obviously she's immediately eliminated. Yeah. She's a lippy feminist. (laughs) You had to get rid of her. Some of the reasons they were saying were, like – these things that she had done in their conversations, but we didn't get to see yeah. any of it. So yeah. we like have no reason 
like we, we don't understand the dynamics as to why people are getting and the fact really we didn't see that- any of it the fact we didn't see any of it was so jarring because mm-hmm. unlike the old show like the old the old show when it was live they were you know doing a 24-hour editing turnaround this was all months ago yeah. months they can ago. they can really edit it to be the best version that it can be and i don't know that they have no. no, they absolutely haven't. Well, unless they're unless no one's talking or saying anything, there are literally like five hot girls with tattoos in the mm. house, yeah. and I could not tell you what their names are or what they have right. to say about anything because they just have not been given any airtime. And it's the same with like there's a there's a lot of guys who all look like they play AFL. Yeah, can't tell you a single thing except they all have they they all seem to have this backstory that's like. I love Big Brother. Yeah. Like, well, that's I was here, bring up Chad. <laughs> Chad well, being like, my, like dad, my dad. <laughs> He'd be my, so, my dead dad would be so proud of me to know dad, that I was in Big Brother. My dad used so to work cool. really hard and he was a really serious guy, but he loved his loved Big, Big Brother, Brother time. <laughs> his Big Brother time. It was so funny. It was and so his, funny. His mum being like, yeah, Chatty, he would really be proud yeah. of you, one Big Brother. And I'm like, all right, And Kieran's whole thing is like, I can't believe I've made it on Big Brother and I might be leaving Big Brother. It's like, oh dude, you're like 14. Oh, and he, Kieran, can I say, I had, such, I had such high hopes because he was Same. coming in and I, I actually, before I knew that it was going to be a show where it was all just fucking Survivor challenges, when they first gave him his secret task, I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting, except for the fact the massage. The, the massage. Mm. That is so <laughs> gross. The, the idea that one of those women didn't turn around and fucking slap his face I when know. they tried. Who I thought it was a good idea to, like, let's make this man creepy It's one of the know. most insane decisions. Like, I thought the high five was good. I thought Same. giving the nickname was good. Same. I yeah. love the idea of it. And then they just went to, they went, well, how about if you finger one of them? <laughs> when they On said, a roller coaster. <laughs> the dream world roller coaster. Oh, um, oh wait, you can't because it's not there anymore. Not there. Oh, can I talk um, about that too? I'm wait. furious that it's not a dream world. Let Brittany finish her thought. <laughs> yes, okay, please. No, I was just going to say, but I was watching it and I was the same as you. I was like, high five, funny. I think I even had a laugh out loud moment when it started. I was like, yeah. this is so funny setting this kid up to, yeah. even though they're setting him up to look like a, a fucking weirdo. Like if you go in there and a guy's like, I'm going to high five, I'm going to give you a nickname. I'd be like, fucking hell, this kid's got to go. <laughs> but then the massage, I think out loud, I was like, oh no. Like they just... <laughs> They were framing him as, like, the creepy weirdo oh, from no. the start. And his first interaction with Laura was him oh, going, was so I'm going to call you L-Dog. And she was like, no, you're not. Please don't. She said, no, she said, never do that. <laughs> never do that. <laughs> because I went back and watched it again because I was like, fucking hell, that's so good. I'm going to call you L-Dog if that's okay. Never do that. Never like, do that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, immediately eliminated. Jesus. Immediately oh. eliminated. And look, and, and, and when they're eliminated, and I've, I've seen this um, sort of criticism online as well, there's so little fanfare, they're just what, in the car? It's like The Bachelor when they leave The Bachelor. They're in yes. the limo driving out. Now, the most fun, one of the most fun things about original Big Brother was those the, the live element, obviously, mm-hmm. and those big elimination, Sunday night elimination shows, which, by the way... I don't know. Have I went to one? Have either of you had either of you been to one of them? 
No, I was in the audience for Agro's Cartoon Connection, but never Big Brother. Well, can I tell you, it was always my dream to go as a teenager. And I... I love how Kieran's dream was to be on the show and yours is to watch Sit in the audience, audience. be an audience member. But I, I remember that, that year that I went, we were also hosting an exchange student. So I was hosting an exchange student from Italy and then I was oh. going to go over there later in the year to Italy. And um, uh, that's a whole other story, my exchange trip to Italy. But... Uh, the whole idea of like Rotary Student Exchange is that they come over and you show them like the best time ever. You show them all the highlights of Australia. So within the first two weeks of him touching down in Queensland, I said, you're in for a treat. We're going to Dreamworld specifically, not the park. Uh, no, no, no. Specific, it's too scary. Specifically the audience of uh, Big Brother. So... What a treat for him. A bit of Australian culture that he'll never forget. <laughs> Do you want to hear um, about my exchange student story? Yes, yes. please. When we lived in Bundy, we, uh, I mean, Gympie, sorry. We lived oh. in Gympie, Queensland. Um, my sisters and I went to a school that taught us German. Mm. Um, so when we got exchange students, we got exchange students from Japan. <laughs> 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 they right? could not they they could not speak English. We could speak German. <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, halfway. Um similar. And so um this exchange student came to Australia, could not speak any English, we couldn't speak Japanese, stayed with us for a week, and I'm pretty sure just watched neighbours and home and away, like with my oh family my for the full week. Um oh no. and thought my dad was scary. <laughs> A beautiful cultural exchange. We had a blackout at one point and lost power. And my dad, she was not to, she was actually doing this. This isn't just a, like, I think this is all what Japanese people do. She was folding paper cranes at the time. Oh, no. And so my dad gave her, like, one of those mining headlamps so that she could keep <laughs> folding her paper cranes in the blackout. <laughs> um Anyway, that's my exchange. Can, can I tell like you a challenge on the mole? Can I tell you when I went when I went over to Italy? He showed me a much better time because we like he took me Big all around. Italy. He took me all around. Um, like I think I went to um, uh, Austria. I went to Germany because oh. he lived in northern Italy. We went oh. to his family's uh, ski chalet, but I still found time to clash with his mother. <laughs> I was 16 and we did not get on and I distinctly remember a conversation. It all culminated in her her and I sitting up late one night. Think of me like a little gay boy and this like old Italian woman just steaming at each other. And she and she said to me, um, don't you think it's terrible that all that that all other countries are expected to speak English? And that people like you who speak English come over here don't feel compelled to learn the language. And I said, no, I don't think it's terrible. I think it means we won. <laughs> Which is wow. not the right thing to say. And if you do want to cancel me, of, of course, go for your life. I do regret it. I do regret it. I was a nightmare. Going on an exchange and feuding with a mum. Feuding with a 55-year-old <laughs> Italian woman. It is the gayest thing I've ever heard. It's a real is, Call Me By Your it, Name. It was nothing was like Call Me By Your Name. It's the prequel to Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> we need to, oh, we'll bring God. it back to Big Brother because I want to ask you both, 
who are your favorite contestants from this current season? Brody, let's go with you first. I was very interested in watching Sue Bong. Yes. Um, but then he is Asian, so got eliminated, That's of course. Right. Um, spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched, but honestly, catch up. Um, there's not a whole lot of personality to be seen in the I'm not I'm not saying they don't have any but we don't see it you know like we saw that in the challenge where they had to like hug each other on those like spindly blocks um Garth who I think is fun um and by fun I mean older and gay Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but also seems like a nice man he was paired up with Xavier oh my god looks like uh, like he looks like an Australian pop star um who we wouldn't have never heard of it was the best like it was the best day of garth's life that day that he had to stand (laughs) close to him but xavier also seemed to be having fun with it like he was like they were making faces and he was laughing and i was like xavier seems fun but like who the fuck knows yeah um i don't love angela i find her but she's great TV. Okay, but, you like, and I are going to war because she's my absolute favourite. <laughs> well, she's amazing to watch, but I so I'm ba- I'm sometimes bad with um, competition reality shows because I'll watch Drag Race, for example, and mm. when there's like a very delusional like person who's bad at all the challenges but thinks they're the best, I'm like, they've got to go. Get them out of here. Right. And then a friend a few years ago was like, but what is the show without them? And I was yeah. like, oh, you're right. It's boring. It's sometimes hard to because it's like who you personally like and care about versus is that is that fun to watch someone who just likes yes. being cool? Like I put myself in the position of being on the show or in the house yeah. and I'm like, I would – not I would think Angela it was too much would grind my gears but she I think she's got a good heart I think we saw that in yeah. the elimination where she kind of stood up for Kieran and I think she doesn't like to see people being bullied or ostracized yes. and that really won me over on her aside True. from just being like great tv like when she's sitting in the diary room chair and she sits on somebody's hair and she thinks it's a spider and starts screaming i thought this woman is for me yeah she's fun the moment when she when big brother spoke and she got a fright and (laughs) i'm like have you not been is this not what you're doing what about in her very first interaction with big brother where they just kept going back and forth on it's my house no it's my house no it's our house no it's my house also speaking is a fundamental right. <laughs> yes, it is. I do too. I mean, you get it for free in a hotel as if yes. you have to buy it at Big Brother. Exactly. Um, I will say though, Kieran weirdly was in this position where after the first elimination, he had to like redeem himself for like speaking. Awful. It was very strange. And they were like, Kieran, you just need to apologize to every single person for how you behaved. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? It wasn't poor behavior. It was, it was kind of annoying behavior like desperate behavior but it wasn't bad behavior no and not when alan's there screaming at everyone about how he's playing the game as much as it was disappointing to see those first three contestants go and having them all be non-white housemates i hated alan and was thrilled that he went so (laughs) (laughs) me too but i wanted i yeah i wanted to see subong stay that there was like a a real darkness in that when they sonia also 
hold, I'm going to come back to Sonia Kruger in a second. Mm. But, like, when she was asking him, like, why he was nominated, why he thought he was going, and he was like, I think I'm a threat. I think I'm strong. And people see strength and they are intimidated by it. And Daniel, under his breath, is like, there it is. See? There it is. We were right. Ugh. It was really dark. That is dark. I, I also hate that the... the that it's become about like that's so survivory like mm. you vote out mm. who and alliances like, I, I hate that just vote out who is annoying yeah so beck obviously your favorite housemate went home first <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone in the house that you like well i just thought laura was cool and hot mm. and now she is cool and hot yeah um i don't like Garth is fine. No one really grabs me. I need someone funny, yeah. and like yeah. no one, like they're either not funny or we haven't seen it. And this is my problem with these shows: is like I get so annoyed by like mediocre white men yeah. getting praise and like and women at the moment. Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> but like that that isn't fun for me to like watch these yeah. people win. Like it's the same as Survivor. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I can't watch this happen again. Please. I was just going to say, we saw that combo kind of play out when um it was Talia and Sarah who had to nominate people the other day. Mm-hmm. And they both decided they hate Hannah and Talia hates Hannah because she's threatened by a hot girl. Yeah. Um, I also really resent the fact that I now, I'm on Hannah's side. I'm like, oh, she's a victim. But um, <laughs> but Sarah, little meek Sarah, who's like yeah. an army major or something, didn't like Hannah because she spoke up during their group auditions and like it's an audition. Those, and those group auditions, like in the olden days, remember you'd hear horror stories where it was like they made us get on all fours and moo like a cow for yeah. an hour to get on yeah. Big Brother. Like that's the point, Sarah, babe. Yeah, and it like, worked, bitch. She's on it, it. worked. She came in in a cage. Yeah. Um, and they nominated her, and then they also they nominated Subong, and then they nominated Marissa, um, who's the older um, aerobics makeup artist. Insane. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Who came in being like, oh, people will recognize. I'm like, yes, oh, it's no me. One. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Very My Kim Richards season one. But, yeah. <laughs> Not curly anymore. I know you were thinking it. <laughs> She's great. But like, is she great? We haven't seen her. We just saw her like go after Sarah and be like, why'd you nominate me? Why'd you nominate me? And Sarah's response was, well, because we know you won't get, we had to nominate someone and we knew you were, you would be safe because you have relationships <laughs> with everyone. And her, Marissa's point fairly was then why not one of the guys? Yes. Because, like, nominate fucking anonymous bald white man or anonymous tattooed white man or well, whatever. Yeah. Like, four of the ones that look the same. And Xavier, no, no one's going to nominate. Yeah. Hey, can I, can I tell you something about Xavier? Now, obviously, um, I think Daniel, the, the monster that he is, is the best looking person in the house. But Xavier is obviously, you know, he, he I, although he's very boyish, I think he's very he's boyish. He's a little boy, yeah. Um, but he's, there's no doubt he's a, he's a good looking person. I decided to look on his Instagram, as you do, <laughs> when, when you think someone's hot. And the thing I discovered, so I thought, what's Xavier in here for? Because if it's modeling if he wants to have a career in modeling he's already got he's already got that career he doesn't is need it youtube you'll be surprised now we haven't seen this from xavier yet but when i looked on his instagram numerous videos of him with a guitar singing um, um i fucking knew it can i play for you both <gasps> a little yes. clip of xavier singing now you tell me <laughs> you tell me why he chose to go on 
Big Brother and not The Voice Australia because this is him singing MGMT's <laughs> Electric Feel. Ready? Jesus. Tell me all your electric feel. Oh, my. Do what you do now. Do what oh. you do now. <laughs> oh, that wobble. Oh, electric, wobble. electric feel now. It's like... <laughs> it's do you know like, what the saddest oh. part is? He sounds like he will be a very successful Australian <laughs> yes. musician. He's going to no. be at Splendor in the Grass. He's no. going to be fucking on the main stage at Splendor. The type yeah. of white guy who does that yeah. specific singing voice <laughs> should be shot in the head. <laughs> also, that song came out when he was probably five. Oh, my God. Hot people have too much confidence. And I've got to tell you both. I feel they like it is. Do. I know it sounds like I'm bullying him and he, he sounds absolutely terrible. I feel like I was put on this earth to remind hot people that they have no talent. <laughs> and that is my place here. You're doing important work. I'm so glad they don't have a guitar in there. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. What a night. They will get one as a reward. Yeah, he'll buy one to... I would literally murder him if he started singing in the Big Brother house. Can I just I, tell you, yeah. there's a show in the in America called Summer House, which is a Bravo yes. reality show. Heard of it. Where, yes, it's fun. And in the most recent season, season four, this new guy Luke came on and he's from Minnesota and is like a model and makes jewellery, like sure, mm-hmm. um, and a hockey coach, like very buff, <laughs> super hot. And they would just – because. Summer House is kind of big brothery in the sense that it has um, a crew, but they also have hidden cameras. Not hidden, but, like, cameras installed Mm. throughout the house. And there would just be all these scenes of him just sitting on his bed, confidently ad-libbing the worst guitar songs you've ever heard. There is one thing worse than a hot guy who thinks he can play the guitar, and it's hot guys who think they can do comedy. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at you, John Ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's why these shows are annoying to me specifically is because so much of it is just like generic men is successful because of inherent sexism and they're favoured by women as well as men. Will Beck, we- you, you, like me, were, wanted to go on Big Brother this season, <gasps> though. I, I still am watching it going, I would have been great on this. Yeah, I think either in- of us would have been good. Oh, also, I see like, that I'm shut out of. <laughs> yeah. Peter, you didn't you didn't tweet about wanting to apply. Okay? I'm sorry, and I never would. But no. <laughs> um, I would never. I would do very badly in those like group auditions, same as Sarah. Mm. But um, but I feel like when I was I- when I'm in there, I would be the Reggie of the season. Like people would, or the Chrissy. People would come to me to have a chat. Yes. I'd be nice. I'd do like a Laura and make bread for people. You're funny oh thanks that's what we need in there if you're listening sonia kruger send in brody (laughs) and the thing is is like the hot girls wouldn't be um intimidated by me because they wouldn't see me as a threat yeah but all the hot boys would also not see me as like a romantic (laughs) prospect so they'd tell me things um it's like my entire personal life but it would be on tv (laughs) and i would use it to my advantage (laughs) for once it would have a good (laughs) once it would work for me before we send you sonia kruger thought yes that's what i was gonna ask oh well i was also just i mean besides the obvious that she's a terrible person but the 
the structure of this new Big Brother means that she's popping in to do these extended elimination conversations like every couple of days it Mm. seems and so you don't get that like stir crazy feeling that you used to get on big brother where they'd only have each other to talk to for a week and then gretel would pop up on the screen and they'd all lose their fucking minds at seeing gretel and gretel would then gretel would then pick out which young housemate she was going to fuck Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Wes. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't Wes. It was someone was else. Didn't she fuck Wes? I'm sure she did, but we didn't hear about that. It was the guy with the weird name, with the... Su- Saxon. 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 Saxon, that's it. Oh, no, yeah. Wes was the one who was supposed to get eliminated, but someone who worked in the vote counting had a crush on him, <sighs> so kicked Gemma out instead. Scandalous. And then Gemma went back in and then launched her lip gloss line, remember? Wow. Yes. By the way, I'm... Scandal apostrophe us. By the way, I'm missing Big Brother up late where you got to see all their penises. Same. And the titties. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm on board for that. <laughs> in fact, in fact, back in the old days, remember in the old days they would have a live, you could go onto the live stream anytime on the mm. Big Brother website. Oh, yeah. But then there was also a, a kind of, I don't know, like a Tumblr site almost, like a, I don't know, what's that weird... What's that weird pre-Tumblr website where it's like really easy to make a website and they always it was always very loud looking... GeoCities? GeoCities, maybe. But there was like a GeoCities site dedicated to just screenshots of the housemates naked. So if you were like a, say, like a horny teenager in St. George, (laughs) you might want to go on there and see Saxon's penis. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hypothetically. At any time, hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's move away. I love that you could log in at any time of day and you could see Saxon's penis. (laughs) Any (laughs) time. Yeah. Early. Oh, they also had those big group showers. Oh, my God. So disgusting. It's like the opening scene of Carrie. Oh, except without the period blood. Well, you never know. <laughs> um, let's move away from Big Brother and talk about what we've been watching in lockdown because, as I said at the top of the show, I've been on a real uh, real Housewives of New York journey, the first ever, apart from Melbourne, the first US Real Housewives franchise, um, uh, Real Housewives I've watched. But uh, who wants to start um, with what they've been watching? Brody, how about we go with our guest? Well, can you just tell me which seasons you watched? Oh, okay. So Real Housewives of New York, I watched where you told me to start. So I watched season nine, season 10, season 11, and the current season 12. And then I've also gone back and watched season one and two so I can catch up. Yeah. Brody, what have you been watching I started in the first week of lockdown. I similarly was like, I need to dive back into an American Real Housewives. It is a big, like, I understand the um, the thought of, like, starting later just because it's such a marathon to get through. But I was like, all I've got is time. And I really <laughs> like knowing everyone's backstories and yeah. personal histories. Um, and so I started... Season one, episode one of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Whoa. Um, and six weeks later, I finished <gasps> it. I'm up wow. to date now. That's incredible. Um, How many seasons? There's, It's up to ep- season 10 now. Okay, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's wild. And, like, I have watched Vanderpump Rules all the way through twice in the last wow. few years. And it um, is a spin-off of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So um, I kind of, I knew the spin-off show. And then, by extension, Summer House spun off from Vanderpump Rules in a way, even though it's East Coast. Um, and Beverly Hills, obviously, is L.A. 
And so I'd watched the two spin-offs, but I hadn't watched the the mummy show. For those of us who don't really know Beverly Hills, who are the kind of outstanding characters of Beverly Hills? Because was it was it one of the earlier like Real Housewives? Yeah, it was joints? it it came up <laughs> nice. Okay, Spike Lee. <laughs> um it came after New York. Um Orange County was the original, okay. but I have still not watched that. And I think New Jersey and Atlanta were also two of the original or early ones, which I are my next two journeys I'm going to take. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's very um, – it's been around for a while. Like at the start it was all very like, you know, Blackberries, uh, phones <laughs> and um, et cetera. So the, the centre like dynamic early on was Kyle Richards and Kim Richards, who are sisters and they are to tie back to our earlier conversation, mm. the aunts of Paris and Nikki Hilton. Wow, yeah, right. And she yeah. one of them was in the original Halloween film. Is yes, that Kyle? Kyle. Okay. Um Kim was in they're both child actors. They were on Little House on the Prairie. They wow. did a lot of child acting. Um and Kyle actually is going to be in the David Gordon Green re yes I guess Halloween sequel? Kills yeah right okay because yeah. that that new one that he made with Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing I fucking totally love Halloween good. so oh. good yeah. so she's um, a big part of this current season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is that Kyle has just come back from filming Halloween and they made her cut her hair into a big heavy fringe because that's what her like five year old character <laughs> had in the nineteen seventy version. Right. And you know how women never change their hair yeah. in fifty years. People um, wouldn't be able to recognize her. There's also a rumor that she's keeping the fringe because she had um uh, some uh, kind of surgical incision around her hairline. Um... But anyway, um, so that's Kyle. She's kind of the centerpiece. She's been there through the entire series. Um, and an iconic, um, iconic housewives include Lisa Vanderpump, who was yes. there from the very start. She left during drama about a dog adoption last now, season. Yes. Now, can you give us a very quick wrap up of that? Because I've I listened to yes. the podcast. I listened to the podcast Bitch Session. Even before yeah. Bitch Sesh, I remember it being yeah. just discussed, but I never really understood the yes. drama around that. Same. I during the time when it was discussed, all I heard was people saying how boring it was, etc. So I was kind of dreading season nine of Beverly Hills. Um, but I kind of thought Puppygate was interesting. So what happened was Lisa Vanderpump runs a pet adoption center called Vanderpump Dogs. <laughs> And she adopted a dog out to Dorit, who is mm. one of the Real Housewives. Um, Dorit and her husband, PK, who is English, so we call him PK, um, <laughs> which is how Dorit pronounces his name because she fakes her accents. Um, they adopted a dog called Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy, um, <laughs> which bit her two small children and, like, bit her husband's face. <laughs> So, like, just not the right dog for their family. But the right dog for Real Housewives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she gave the dog to a woman who ran a rehoming centre, which turned out to be, like, a kill shelter. <gasps> and so then Vanderpump Rules, Microchips, all their dogs, found out, brought the dog back. So this all happens before the season starts. And then on camera, Kyle and 
Teddy Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp's <laughs> boring yes. daughter, go to Vanderpump Dogs and um, they're sitting there and this small dog comes out and, like, being carried by a guy called John Sessa, um, who says, like, does she look familiar? And Lisa Vanderpump goes, no, don't do that. And then Teddy goes, oh, is that Dorit's dog? And then they, that allows them to tell this story on camera, which is what little Miss VPR yes. likes to happen is things have to happen on camera so that they are drama. So then, oh my God, this is such a long, boring story. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, so then the entire um, drama played out over the season around where, like Teddy being told by John Sessa or John Blizzard, who are two people who work at Vanderpump Dogs, being told to say that and her being kind of roped in with Lisa and the dog men, um, basically feeding her information to mm-hmm. set it up on camera to have this conversation. So it became less about who did and didn't adopt or rehome or try to kill a dog. And it became more about um, Lisa Vanderpump basically showing her cards and showing that she was yes. kind of pulling strings behind the scenes to have drama that made her look good play out. Which also led to her like taking a lie detector test on oh camera to show that she, because the drama kind of died down, like everyone apologized, everyone moved on, and then it would appear in the tabloids. And Lisa Vanderpump has a history of being accused of selling stories to yeah. Radar Online. So is the dog alive today, Brody? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 not a, as they say it's not on, about on the dog. It's not about the dog. As they say on Vanderpump Rules, it's not about the pasta. And in this show, it's not about Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you wrote a piece for The Guardian about your um, Beverly Hills watching. What did you sort of – what were your main takeaways journey. from that journey? I mean, I guess the main thing is that it's like what you said, like where you listen to these podcasts or you, like, follow people on the internet who care about these shows and there's, like – there's kind of a language to it that mm. you don't really know how to speak fluently until you dig into them. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of the big joy that I got out oh, of it yeah. was like finally understanding. It's say know, some people um like read books and get a yeah, lot of yeah. knowledge about something or a past event or history or a topic. Yeah. We dig into knowing, learning the, the language of reality TV. The history I care about is like, why on that trip did, did Kim Richards feel like she needed to pray and so got down on her knees next to a garbage bin what? and prayed? Like that's, yeah. that's what I want to know. You need you know? context for that, like what led to that. Yes, but okay. So another um, person who you would love on Beverly Hills is Lisa Rinna. Oh yes, um, love she's Lisa. incredible and has just like she's kind of a Sonia type in that she came in and you can't now can't imagine the show without her. Mm-hmm. Sonia Morgan from New York, and finally I'll stop talking about this. But um, Brandy Glanville yes. is a name that I've heard <gasps> often. Leanne Rhymes. Leanne Rhymes. So Brandy Glanville used to be married to a man called Eddie Cibrian who cheated on her, has children with her, but cheated on her with a woman called Sheena who is on Vanderpump Rules. And so the the beginning of Vanderpump Rules was 
Lisa Vanderpump has hired this girl, Sheena, who her friend from Real Housewives, Brandy Glanville, knows because she che- she broke up their marriage. So that was like the start of Vanderpump Rules. So I knew it from that side. And then I got to watch Brandy come on the show, befriend Lisa, have a falling out with Lisa, like kind of blow everything up in her wake. Brandy was incredible and then flew way too close to the sun and is now a very dark figure but she is back on in the news oh yes in the world of the show now because last season beverly hills added denise richards of drop dead gorgeous Mm -hmm. starship troopers charlie sheen charlie sheen (laughs) i'm pretty sure i'm trying to remember but i'm pretty sure her showing her boobs in starship troopers was like the first time i ever saw boobs on in a movie when i was a kid because i watched movies that were way too old for me um but anyway and famously um, wild things one of the famously famously Um, so she came on she was amazing last season she drinks straight tequila she sits out she brings like a bottle of tequila to like a winery because she doesn't want to drink wine (laughs) she is was getting married to this guy aaron who um seemed really amazing and she always talked about how big his dick was and they went away on a girl's camping trip and she talked about how Aaron had never had a happy ending. So she got him a happy ending massage. Like wow. she was just this great addition to the housewives mm. and they're quite prim and proper. Like in Beverly Hills, they pretend that they like, you know, are not dirty old bitches. They're not like in New um, York where they're like, oh, no. and also like, the, I think there's a whole thing of like so many of these housewives have had open relationships and, you know, and everyone's fine, you know, with them going outside the marriage for sex or whatever. But then it, then on the show, it becomes, oh, no, 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 we're all very straight-laced. We're all very monogamous. Yes. Yeah. Well, they also, yeah, like, you're right, you're no, you go back. I've been talking for a long time. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> I was just going to say, it seems like with all the outside marriage stuff, it's it's like... It's not like they're having conversations about it. It's that they marry people they that hate each other. Yes. And then they just fuck and don't talk about it yes and then on the show they're forced to talk about it and they're like no we would never do that (laughs) totally and also a weird thing which shouldn't be weird because the show's called real housewives but on beverly hills they're all married whereas Mm. on new york York, none of them you do not have a husband if you're a new york housewife (laughs) like or you can't keep one (laughs) no and to the point where this week like tinsley was like goodbye new york i'm leaving the show to have a relationship and bethany has done that too like she left when she got married and had a baby anyway the most abusive man alive yeah or truly (laughs) truly terrible demon jason hoppy um but anyway the final thing i wanted to say is that so denise richards came on was amazing last season and then after the season ended this news story came out that she and brandy glanville were sleeping together or had slept what? together or there was this like lesbian oh, love affair beck's ears prick beck, up yeah beck is in <laughs> so then this season starts and this hasn't happened yet like this they're, they're oh. filming early on but i think what has happened is that denise richards has two teenage daughters and mm. one younger daughter who she adopted. And I think the the tabloid or like news conversation was about her being really open and talking about her husband's big dick and all of this stuff. And so now this season, she's trying to be really buttoned up and right. really like, mm. don't talk about threesomes in front of my kids. Don't talk about this and that, but in front of other people's mm. kids, she'll be like, shut the fuck up. You know, it's kind of wild. But this whole season started with an episode where 
they're saying like Lisa Rinna is saying, I don't think we're ever going to see Denise Richards again. Mm. And it's showing all this footage of these big blow ups of her walking away from uh, dinner with the women, with her husband saying like, don't say anything. You're still on camera. Bravo. Like they have this code where like, if they don't want to be shown without makeup on, on camera, they will start saying like, Hey, Andy Cohen. Hey, put this in the episode. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Because they start singing a, a singing a licensed song. So they can't put the scene. (laughs) And so, yeah, because the number one rule of these reality TV shows is that they can't acknowledge they're on a reality Mm. TV show. And so there's a shot of Denise yelling, being like, we are not talking about this. We are not talking about this. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Wow. And so everyone is assuming that it's when they try to confront her about what Brandy is saying about the two of them. Well, it's becoming too real. It's well, becoming in. so real. I have to, I'm going to, I don't know if, do you think I can start from the current season? Because I do want to see that play um, out. Not really. Yeah, I think you, I think you probably can. Like there's not a whole, because the thing is, with New York, Peter, as you know, like there's one episode where Sonia's like, I'm going to shit myself. And Ramona's like, I'll never find a man. And Tinsley's like, Dorinda, you're a bully. Yes. And Dorinda's yes. like, go suck a dick for shoes. Oh, and Luann's like, I can have a vodka and then go to AA. Like, and yes. then the, ne- the like three seconds later, it's a whole new topic. Yeah. Like there's, there's everyone's no, forgiven each more. other. Yes. These women Shit's are insane up. and amazing. Whereas on Beverly Hills, whatever the conversation they have in episode one mm, becomes the storyline right. for the rest the of arc. the season. Yeah. So I've got, to say my, I've got to say my favorite thing about, um, housewives of New York is, um, Oh they're incontinence. They're they're incontinence, but just the fact that they can be absolutely wild and out of control at a party, and then like so, one person say say Leah in this current season can be completely out of control, <laughs> and then the next episode, Leah Leah will see Dorinda being out of control and be like, oh, that's so declassé. It's <laughs> oh, disgusting. What, a, what about Ramona when Ramona tries to give people class lessons, oh and then God. last week she went up to a man in a bar and said you forgot your pants and then it just starts cackling and then he said like i'm from arizona and then she thought that was the funniest thing she'd ever heard (laughs) i just have to say i need you to get up to season six of um of roni if you haven't got there yet because um it features a truly horrifying housewife called aviva drescher i have heard of her i've heard i've heard i've heard of her legend You've heard her name because she's Fran Drescher's cousin. <gasps> oh yeah. my god! What? That's not a that's Dude. not a part of her storyline on the show. So, like around season four, can I ask? Sorry, Brady, does she believe yeah. in the five G conspiracy too? Like Fran? <laughs> Look, honestly, probably <laughs> disappointingly, probably she um she came on in season five and she has so she lost her leg as a child and so has like oh. a prosthetic oh, leg. I know that this. Makes, that makes a yes. lot of sense because like quickly just googled her and saw her book was called leggy blonde a memoir and i was like <laughs> okay was like, so okay <laughs> so season four season five was where we met carol radzowell who yes. peter and i both love although um, i gotta say i fell out of love with her brody i know well she when she becomes clicky with bethany and then tinsley oh decides to be tinsley's friend it's insane but, 
But then at the reunion that season, she's like, we're not that close. Also awful. <laughs> apparently, apparently no one wanted to film with Tinsley and Carol was like, I'll do scenes with her. Um, but anyway, season five, they added Aviva and Carol Radziwill and this woman, Heather Thompson, who used to work with Puff Daddy and would oh. enter scenes going, hey, mama. Anyway, oh, wow. she was she was white, in case you're wondering. <laughs> um, um Holla! That was her catchphrase. (laughs) So season five, they add Aviva and Carol to the cast. Aviva has this prosthetic leg. Ramona goes shopping with her one day and Ramona does an acting, like an improv where she goes, I'm just going to pretend I turn around and I don't know you have a fake leg and then I see it. (laughs) And then... She's the best. And then Ramona proceeds to react to something that she already knows exists. Um, So then anyway, season six, Aviva clearly has found a bit of fame from being on the show. She comes in in season six. Carol, meanwhile, is a best-selling author, wrote a memoir, was like a, um, you know, an award-winning war correspondent, Um, literally a princess. Her title is Princess Carol Redswell. So then Aviva is clearly threatened by Carol's success as a writer and Aviva is approached to write a book, um, which Beck, you have seen how that turned out. So she, um, Carol is being perfectly like understandably going, okay, this woman is not a writer and she's being asked to write a book. She must be having help with it or whatever. So Carol's asking her questions being like, Oh, so you, um, do you have a ghostwriter? Like, are you working on it with somebody? And she's like, well, no, it's not that hard. It's just like, I, it's like writing an email and then I put it in a book. Um, (laughs) And Carol's kind of like, okay, well, fine. And Carol, you know, Peter is not very confrontational. So she's just kind of like, okay. She's gently trying to kind of like coax information out of it. And Aviva gets very defensive and all season starts referring to Carol as writer girl. (laughs) <laughs> what a and burn then, and they say aviva like there's just this moment that i remember where someone says what is your book about and she goes oh you know my life my leg oh, <laughs> my life and my leg and it all culminates so she was really they'd go on these cast trips and she would say she was a nervous flyer or this or that and so she would always insist that her husband had to come and as you know from new york like Husbands, husbands don't come don't on trip come. they barely exist mm. and so she would bring her husband and there was one trip where she like told everyone they had to thank her husband oh. for coming because that meant that she could be there it was very dark so anyway this all culminates in season six with this <laughs> you have to watch this clip on youtube you just search for aviva direct i leg. think i've seen the leg clip Yes. So they're all sitting around at dinner. She's saying she couldn't go on this trip because she has asthma. Her doctor told her she has asthma and they're kind of asking her questions about it. And then she's saying, you know what? My doctor was a liar. My doctor was a phony and he was a fake and he lied to me about having asthma. And then she pulls out an x-ray. Like she brought props to this (laughs) dinner. She pulls out an x-ray and this woman, Kristen Takeman, who had a nail polish line, is just not coping. She like gets up and walks away from the table. Carol's like, this is crazy crazy we need to turn it down the camera pans around the room and everyone is in this restaurant is just staring at them screaming at each other and then she goes the only thing that's fake about me and then slams her artificial leg on the table yes Kristen goes i'm gonna vomit and walks away (laughs) 
that's Carol is like Carol's close to calling like a psych ward to take her away. You can tell, and then um. And then they're kind of, they're all just, Luann is crying, laughing, watching this. Sonia is leaning across Ramona, who looks like she's seen a ghost. Sonia is leaning over, essentially being like, you tell him, Aviva. And then Aviva picks up the leg from the table and throws it across the restaurant. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, How many legs does she have that she can just get rid of one? I've got to say, has she got a closet full of them to put on? I genuinely think she does because this one was like angled to so that she could wear a wedge heel. Oh my god! And I imagine she has a few different ones. Wow! So anyway, I can listen to you describe episodes. (laughs) We can talk about Scary Island if you want. Beck. We, we should go, Beck. We should go to you and your yes. reality experience. I don't have as much to say, but okay. I, I've been watching Selling Sunset, which I don't I even know. I, knowing that you were going to talk about it, I didn't even look up the concept. Okay, well, basically, I've watched a few episodes of season one, but I found it a bit boring. But maybe I should continue. Well, it's the problem is, is that when you're coming from Housewives, I think everything. Mm. else seem it's just not as action-packed but it's basically i really like it because i love million dollar listing and so this is sort of like a million dollar listing cross real housewives because it's about the oppenheim group which is these two little bald twin men (laughs) jason and brett oppenheim who run a real estate (laughs) brokerage firm and like the women that all work under them and the drama between them um and it's pretty good like there's a the, the the recent season, because a couple of them are getting married and the names on the show are amazing. There's Chriselle. <laughs> I've who, heard of Chriselle, Well, Chriselle was an actress okay. who was in like, um, or uh, what's one of those? Um, you know how Chriselle got her name, right? No, I do not. She was, <laughs> her mum was pregnant and went into labour at a Shell service station. <gasps> and, a, and, a man, <laughs> and a man named Incredible. Chris helped her give birth so she named the baby after chris and shell so what you're telling me is she could have been she could have been brian brian caltex (laughs) (laughs) Um, so she's she's really sort of the main character because she comes into the show and she was on um all my children and she was she was engaged to um the guy from glee matthew morrison Oh, and, but she's married mm. to Justin Hartley, who's in. Oh, this is, this is us. us. But the n- drama of next season is that he divorces her. But anyway, she comes oh. in, and she. So the the villain of the show is a woman called Christine, um, who's just like this incredibly glamorous, like who I thought I was having the thought watching her that she's extremely smart because I think you have to be sort of smart to be a good villain. Um, but as I was thinking that, she said the phrase, he got off scotch-free. <laughs> <laughs> like, the minute I was thinking it, I was like, oh, okay. That's a real, that's a real Ramona-ism from New York, too. She'll oh, often yeah. just get words wrong. It's very Cath Day yeah. night. So, yeah, you basically, you see the big houses they're trying to sell, like the mansions and that, as well as their, the interplay between them. Like, this woman, Mary, who's marrying a 26-year-old um, French model, um who the big drama is they have the wedding and he doesn't want to invite Maya who works um with them oh no Davina sorry because she insulted the ring 
like what? in one of the early episodes because oh. he couldn't have the ring it. the film yes <laughs> wait i've seen i've seen the ring insult yeah, where she's so, like asks if it's like cubic zirconia or yeah, something because it is and, <laughs> yeah. he, and he he has to come into it but he's very hard to understand he's very french so it's just like this really funny back and forth with him being like he could not come and just like it's amazing but a new person joined who tops the namesake um amanza oh amanza joins this amanza. season amanza. and how did she was she another case of she was born at a service station it yes. was uh... <laughs> except they didn't catch the guy's name so they just said a man <laughs> it was at a pizza restaurant <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway i really like it just but i think partly is because i really love the actual real estate part of it like the nice although it's in la so everything's hideous and isn't it all on netflix yeah which is a good thing because you don't have to watch on the worst app of all time hey Hey you Look, oh I love Hey God. You, but it's impossible to impossible. use. Impossible. <laughs> They've done a thing where, like, so when I was watching Beverly Hills from the start, I would have to they the when you went onto the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills page on Hey You, it would have the most recent season first. So I'd have mm. to scroll all the way to the end to get to like you know the <sighs> early seasons I was watching, and then by the time I finished my watch. They'd done a rejig of the app and it was reversed. Oh so then I'd go on there ready to watch the recent episodes and I'd have to scroll all the way to the end. Even and it, the- never, it never knows where you are up to. No. Or it like never anything. knows. But and you can't like scroll. Or you can't really scroll forward. I've, no. I've been having scrolling oh. forward issues. Can I just say... Um, even though we've bagged them for the last couple of minutes, um, if should we tag them in the post <laughs> for this podcast and see if we can get free subscription? Can I? Do you want to hear something? After I wrote that article for The Guardian, I got a free Hey You subscription. <gasps> Are you serious? But I also have been paying for Hey You for like five years. Yeah. So. Paid our dues. Well, now you've I... just completely bagged them. <laughs> Good luck with renewing that fucking free subscription. Hey. hey look, it's, it's a, it's a, so, it. it's a software. It's feedback. Okay. <laughs> and also truly no one knows about it until everyone I've told has been like, whoa. Same. Amazing. Because yeah, all seasons of Top Chef are on there. That's why I got it in. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so much on there. You can watch all of um, Gallery Girls on there, which all, is a... like the Kardashians, everything's on mm-hmm. there. The Hills is all yeah. on Hey You. We love Hey You. So much. We love <laughs> Hey You. Something that is not on Hey You, which I just feel I need to bring to everyone's attention, <laughs> is this show called High Society. Have Ooh. you, have yeah. either of you watched I, or heard of High Society? No, I know you've spoken to me about it because I think, it, is this the one where it's Tinsley's first brush with reality was, TV? Yes, Tinsley's first reality show where, so Beck Tinsley Mortimer is mm. a Real Housewives of New York um, and she was like a pre-internet like tabloid society it girl. I'm just using like vogue words now but um Mm. she was married to this guy topper mortimer tinsley's like descended from like thomas jefferson like she's like old southern money her mother's name's dale like she they're just the jail impression on bitch (laughs) says yes (laughs) she's very um tinsley's very wealthy and comes from money which is why anyway dorinda on real housewives is 
obsessed Hater. with like where does Tinsley get her money from and it's like bitch she's rich yeah. anyway um Tinsley when she was just getting divorced from Topper decided to be on this tv show called High Society which was like eight episodes was promptly scrubbed from the internet and oh. tv services all because the people on it were like old money rich wow. new york society kids who were all fucking horrible there's this wow. woman on it called jules kirby who says she doesn't like black people doesn't like jewish people doesn't oh like gay people um like you watch her like harassing a maid at the hotel that she lives in with tinsley's sister dabney how long ago um, is this this is like 2008 <laughs> oh, no. or nine. Jesus. So Christ. before racism. Yes. Jules Cor- Kirby obviously has been posting about Black Lives Matter this week, this past week. So, um, yeah, cool pivot, Jules. Um, and anyway, this guy um, has had ripped all the episodes and has uploaded them on YouTube. And so you get to watch Tinsley kind of announce herself, introduce herself, move into her first post marriage apartment. Um, in within like two minutes of the very first episode, you watch her going to a fashion party to celebrate the wife of Harvey Weinstein. And so you get to watch Tinsley in the first gasps of her reality TV show be like, Harvey's amazing. It's so good to see him. It's fucking wild. It sounds um, a bit like um, Southern Charmed with their... Um, yes. Because it's such like old Southern money, which is old just all slavery and racism. Yes. It's just like bubbling under the surface. And it all just w- exists to protect these like horrible yeah. descendants of yeah. slave owners. Well, oh, can yeah. I, now that we're talking about Tinsley, can I start on Real Housewives of New York and, and my journey yes. over the last few months, weeks? Um, I want to say first off, break, breaking news just yesterday um, was that Tinsley Mortimer had left Real Housewives of New York to be with her coupon king, uh, Scott who has never wanted to be part of the show, even though he supposedly met Tinsley on the show, introduced by the legend Princess Carol Radziwill. So it's remember it's... when Tinsley kissed him on their first date on camera, and it's not like he's a traditionally handsome no. person that you would jump over a table to pash on your first date. That was. A bit desperate, but then again, it was, was Tinsley. <laughs> when he came to her door and she just collapsed on the floor crying. Oh, insane. <laughs> so, but I wanted to ask you, Brody, is this unprecedented for someone to leave a housewives mid-season? It is. As far as I have experienced on housewives, it absolutely is. Like, so um, Lisa Vanderpump, for example, stopped filming with the women last season by choice. Like mm-hmm. um, there have also been like like Adrian Maloof kind of did that on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And Bethany left at the end. Bethany Frankel Beth- left at the end of her season. Yes, Bethany's left twice. So she left after like season three, I think, and then came back and then left again. But yeah, she like stayed, did the reunion and then announced she wouldn't be coming back. Yeah. Um. Some I was listening to Danny Pellegrino's podcast and he's watched all the housewives and he was saying that he presumes that Tinsley 
was going to um, leave and Bravo essentially was like, well, do you want to just stay and film mm. like half a season and you can say goodbye and it can be like your end and you can see it through kind of thing. And that makes me think that. I Tinsley's, think that sounds right. Yeah. I think it sounds right. And that makes me, that kind of makes sense because all season long for anyone who isn't watching it, Dorinda has been on Tinsley about like, tell the truth, tell everyone you're seeing Scott, tell everyone you're not single, tell everyone you're seeing Scott, mm-hmm. you're such a liar. And it's has seemed like this really dogged, like bullying from Dorinda. And now I'm kind of like, was Dorinda just sitting there going, we all know that you're leaving soon to go to Chicago to be with Scott. Why are you pretending you're not? Yeah. And so I think that maybe Dorinda was just kind of, it was a little bit of a fourth wall breaking thing mm. where she was like, don't pr- just pretend, just be honest and then leave. And I want to say Tinsley has never been any, if anyone says Tinsley is their favorite housewife, they're lying. Oh, she's, they're in trouble. She's not ever had a compelling storyline. Even the no. stuff with Scott, even the stuff where you thought is Scott being a bit, um, not not abusive. I don't, I don't know. Maybe abusive, but like uh, bossing her around a little bit, yeah. controlling. I guess. Yes. Even that wasn't so. Compa- I feel bad saying no. it. But even that wasn't so compelling because she's just not. She she talks Tins- like a little girl. Mm. I think she thinks she's still sixteen. Tinsley's entire storyline has been getting back to the quote unquote old Tinsley, mm. which is when she had big curly long hair she wore big puffy princess dresses and she was a red carpet front row fashion show like there's footage of tinsley sitting front row at like the chanel show in paris next to like anna winter like tinsley was like a thing Mm. and then tinsley had a fall from grace she had this like terrible relationship she got a mug shot she got arrested (laughs) like she had a like severe fall from grace and and being on real housewives was her like comeback story um of coming back to new york and the whole time the whole like four or five years she's been on there it's been all about how she is trying to get back to this old vote like there was a point early on where you'll probably remember it better than i do peter because you watched it more recently but like she didn't want to let go of her like big curly side part hair because when she walked onto a red carpet that was tinsley Mm. And it took a while for her to get to like a different look. And she was just very attached to like being famous for the reason she was famous before. And how funny that so that she got a kind of send off. I literally watched the episode Tinsley's sort of send off episode like two hours ago, just before we recorded this. And she gets a whole kind of, you know, like a farewell, like a highlights reel of her time on Real Housewives, which nobody gets because they usually just you know, their contract's not renewed or they yeah. quit. And so nobody gets these kind of send-off. But it's so funny because, like, there was so little in her There's highlights so reel. And, and the main one they kept replaying is the time she hosted... The time the she hosted the Bigger Apple Circus. <laughs> <laughs> which, which famously she hysterically cried after and said, I'm... I'm so alone. I'm so alone. And they all, all the women came to quote unquote support her, but they sat in the front row and she came out and she was like, I'm Tinsley. And she's like dressed as like a, a little girl, like truly scrumptious from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> yes. And then she goes back and she goes off stage and is crying and it cuts to like Sonia and Ramona in the audience being like, can we go now? <laughs> yes. And, and can I just say as well about Tinsley, I'm not sad that she's going. However, I am sad if it means that we never get to see 
her boxing trainer again because he's been a real highlight of season 12 so far. Beck, I don't know if you've seen him, but essentially he is this monster. I think he's like... He's truly a monster. He looks like he was created by Jim Henson's Creature Workshop. (laughs) The camera has not focused on his face fully. I don't think it can. He doesn't have a face. (laughs) His voice is like... Let's try to do his voice, Peter. It's like... He's like, hey, (laughs) Tinsley. No, except she'll be like, I just... I'm not strong. I need to stand up for myself. And he'll sit down and give her like a life coaching session where he'll be like... You don't. Why don't you tell those women what you stand for? Or she'll be like, and then she'll be, and she'll be complaining about something in her life, and he'll just go, "Boring. Who cares about that? That's boring." <laughs> but then she'll be like, "There's this girl, Dorinda, and girl. Dorinda's like seventy years old. She'll be like, there's this girl, Dorinda, and she's just being really hard on me." And he'll be like, "You tell this Dorinda that she <laughs> and she'll be like, Dorinda, and then he goes. You tell him there's only one Tinsdale. <laughs> yes, he gets her name right. And she's like, well, no, there's none because it's Tinsley. And then he just stares at her. Oh and, and he's really running with this bit where he doesn't know people's names because he was on um, <laughs> he was on Watch What Happens Live last what? night to help send off Tinsley. No. Um, and so he joins. I just saw this tiny clip of him and he joins the chat. And I swear to God, he says... Hey, Angie Cohen. <laughs> His brain is just mashed potatoes. Loves him. Loves I him. love him. Look, I want to. I want to keep the housewives quick because I do know we've been recording for like ninety minutes. But I will say the main takeaway from me watching like six seasons, um, and particularly the first four seasons which is going to get confusing because the first four seasons i watched were the last four seasons so season nine to season 12 um but i genuinely feel like these women have taught me how to fight yeah (laughs) because and i i understand the appeal now because it's not just women at each other's throats the whole time it is actually kind of about standing up for yourself as insane as that sounds um, and this is something that New York, I think, is really great at. Because like I said before, Beverly Hills does this thing where it's like every conversation is, well, why didn't you say that? And why did you say that about me? But the way you said it and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Whereas New York is like, Bethany was really good at this. Like Bethany oh. behaved like a producer on the show where if if people were fighting and they do the thing that I do, which is to like avoid conflict, mm. um, Bethany just kind of wouldn't let that fly. And she'd be like, no, but it hurt your feelings. So, so tell us. We need her. to talk about it. We need to talk about it. And it really, it shows the power of just being like, this is how I feel. And, and not being confrontational can be a huge weakness because you yeah. do have to confront certain people and certain things at certain times. And to have any kind of source of inspiration for that is a good thing. And I will say, as much as I love Dorinda, and Dorinda is my favourite housewife, having a very bad season, by the way. She's having a terrible season. But Bethany... Like, talking about it like <laughs> athletes. It, it, this is... This is my AFL. Yeah, terrible season. She was a great rookie <laughs> and she, you know, I, MVP. I say, Dorinda is not the person I go to as like my fighting role model because no, she gets no, no. too she upset dirty. and she gets too drunk. She really does. Well, I mean, remember when she was going to go to like 
hurricane affected places where Bethany was oh, doing yes. her charity work and Bethany was like come to this lunch where we're preparing for it and she showed up fucking wasted <sighs> and thought she was like interrogating the people who were doing charity oh, relief my God. It was as insane. if as if to say that like people didn't need like what was it like money for like education or like clean drinking water she was looking for a gotcha moment it was like she was on 60 minutes but i will say bethany is my fighting role model just because and in season two we see i think one of the best fights i've seen so far anyway which was bethany versus kelly ben simone calor and whatever her name is the Mm -hmm. the model um kelly ben simone who goes to a charity meeting and already she says she doesn't do charity, which is... Oh, that's right. And then she does a um, 180 where she says she does do charity, but she's just so busy that she needs to be picky with who she can support. She's supporting this charity that Jill Zarin, a former early season housewife, is running for her daughter who's got um, arthritis. And when Jill says, my daughter has arthritis, Kelly Ben Simone says, oh, that's cute. Um, which is <laughs> bizarre. Psychotic. <laughs> so Bethany immediately, Kelly Ben Simone is talking about how busy she is. She can only stay at the meeting for five minutes. Bethany is a, say what you like about Bethany, and she has a lot of terrible qualities, but she is a hardworking person mm-hmm. and she is a busy person. And she doesn't like when other people say they're too busy for something because she is also yeah. busy. She has a big confrontation with Kelly Ben Simone and I think I, I've watched it about three times. In fact, I've shown it to several different people because I'm just so impressed because Bethany does that thing where she will not speak. She will not She will not get louder most of the time when she's fighting. Mm-hmm. She'll go mm-hmm. to a very calm place and she will give people enough rope to hang themselves. Um, yeah. And she'll she, immediately Kelly Ben Simone comes in with a dagger, what what she thinks will truly cut Bethany to the core. And she says to Bethany, you know, we're not friends. And Bethany just completely relaxes. Correct. <laughs> and then she says, and we'll never be friends. And Bethany gets wide eyed and goes, of course, no, we, no, correct. <laughs> and she, everything she thinks she's going to win with over Bethany, Bethany just completely deflects and, oh. Her and, her and Kelly up against each other, Kelly thought it was a fair match yes. or that she was had the upper hand and she had no idea that, like, her brain is a bit broken. Yeah. And against Bethany, she... So have you seen season three where they go to Scary Island? No, I'm on to that. I finished season two, I think, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. All right. There's an episode called Sun, Sand and Psychosis, which just tells you everything you need to know. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait. Um, so my, my favourite housewife is probably Sonia at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Beck, you know about Sonia. Sonia's having a great season by the way, um, uh, she's having she, she's clearly the star of this season. Um, there were three great episodes in a row of season 12. It starts with um, all the friends going to a Trump supporter's palatial mansion. Um, Sonia where's, being... Where Sonia yelled, I wasn't a trophy wife, I don't shave my pussy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone just 
going around this absolute horror house. Um, <laughs> that episode's followed by uh, all the women are still in the Hamptons, absolutely trashing Ramona's house. Leah, the new um, housewife, throwing a tiki torch and almost setting fire to uh, Ramona's yard. Um, Leah and Tinsley. But, Ramo- but Ramona's not there because she left to go. That's right. Hang She's out not with there at her own house. <laughs> and and Leah and Tinsley frolicking in the pool, topless. And Sonia coming out and delivering one of my favourite lines. Sonia's of course blind, drunk at this stage, and uh, she walks out, sees the two <laughs> topless blonde women in the pool, and says the line. I'm seeing double and feeling single. <laughs> Honestly, That's I think I'm going to say line. that tonight. Yes. Oh, it's so good. And I love... the Logan twins. Sonia, <laughs> Sonia is truly a sexually fluid icon. <laughs> Sonia's incredible. Sonia has told at minimum two stories about having sex on a sink. Um, and one of them was to the plumbers who came into her haunted old like horror townhouse to fix it (laughs) she was like I had sex up there and it didn't hold me (laughs) um I, I also love Luann uh Luann's had a couple of rough seasons I know although okay she, when I when all, when all the housewives were deciding the stance they were going to take in the last couple of weeks and what they were going to post about Black Lives Matter, it did make me surprised to see Luann post um, because she had just years earlier, and we're not talking we're not talking about like two thousand eight, like two seasons. Ago. It was like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Uh, she did arrive at a Halloween party dressed as Diana Ross. Um, complete with a afro, the likes of which Diana Ross never had. <laughs> never. Oh my god. Um, looks, all of them are did nightmares. See, sorry, just as a side yes. note, did you see um the guy on Twitter try to cancel Alison Roman for doing brownface? Oh yes, I do. Oh, I, I, but, Yesha, yes, yes. Yeah, but she Yesha. was just dressed as, as Amy, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse. I know. <laughs> and then he's like, Amy Winehouse never wore hoops, and I'm oh. like. What are you talking about? Also, anyway. where do you think Amy Winehouse co-opted that look from? Yes, <laughs> it's a co-opt of a co-opt at the very yeah. least. Um, anyway, sorry. Have you heard Luann's? I, I think I'm more in love with Luann because I do enjoy her singing career, her cabaret career. <laughs> Peter. She's an incredible musician. Brody. Okay, well, all right. So what you have to look forward to is when all the other women go to Scary Island, Luann goes into the studio to record Money Can't Buy You Class, her iconic <sighs> debut single. Oh, talking of Scary Island, I can't wait because my my absolute favourite thing, and I really want to wrap this up soon, <laughs> but my absolute favourite thing about Housewives is there's always an end-of-season trip. And mm-hmm. I kind of... Actually, in more recent seasons, I've been going on a lot more trips because I think they yeah. realise that everyone is just looking forward to that end of season trip. So let's scatter a few more trips through the season. I think Um, you'll also notice that like the seasons or the the episodes where it's just different combinations of the women in smaller groups spending time together are never as good as all of them together going somewhere. And this season of New York is just all... All trips. Yeah. Yeah. All group excursions. Um, Yeah. Like the last episode we saw where they went to something called Blood Manor. (laughs) 
or the one before that where they went to a corn maze and Sonia crouched down to piss in the corn maze. Or, or the one before that where they went to a um a Russian spa that looked like the most <gasps> that looked like the most horrendously filthy place possible in New York. I want to go and eat there so badly. <laughs> no, um, but I was going to say I love these end of season trips, and the, my favorite thing is they all pretend. One of the housewife per, housewives per mm-hmm. season pretends that they've organised this trip, which is insane because it's obviously organised by the producers. And we know it's organised by the producers because the common trope of every trip is they put them up in like a holiday house. And every season, these holiday houses are progressively <laughs> more dangerous. So <laughs> think, all these women are in at least their 40s often their 50s sometimes their 60s yeah they are putting them in these houses that look like mc escher drawings so there's like stairs everywhere they are like mazes they want to kill these women and yet in every single cast trip it starts with ramona and often sonia sprinting through like marble hallways to choose their room because ramona needs to have a room with a bath yes Honestly, in Cartagena, it was the worst it has ever been. I think Tinsley pretended she chose this house. Oh, yeah. Not, not only was it a maze of stairs, it was also like these very narrow walkways <laughs> over water. Is that the one where Ramona or Luann got lo- stuck in the glass lift yes, and no that's one right. let them out? <laughs> One of these women will die in one of these homes. That's, and they that's went, where the season well, they, will end. But can we just talk about, I think the season I told you to start on was either seven, no, it must have been nine. eight. Nine. Nine. No, it was nine. Nine, 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 nine. When they went to um, Mexico. Mexico. Yes. Because, and that was the one that I believe Bethany truly did organize that trip because she was A, so anxious about it and it was all a skinny girl promotion. Of like, course. If Bethany takes them anywhere, it's branded. Yes. Um, And that was the, because that cast trip is so perfect because it's the one where Luann is so drunk, she falls and lands in a bush. And Ramona, <laughs> I just have the voice of Ramona in my head where she's just hysterically laughing. And then she goes, Luann, you fell in a bush. And then she gets her out. <laughs> and then they just keep walking in the darkness in this like huge yard and then Luann, there's like the 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 grass must have a ledge where it drops down to like a step below, and Luann doesn't realize, and she steps off and oh then just falls. God. And then the camera crew is far away, just filming her in emptiness, <laughs> and Luann wasted just goes. I almost borked myself. <laughs> so good. Her falling on concrete is because almost better than falling in the water. She's seven older. feet tall. Yeah. Someone's going to get injured. Someone's going to do themselves some real damage. Well, Luann later got arrested and told the cop she was going to kill him. That's right. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which in these times doesn't seem so a cop hater. <laughs> she was ahead of her time. She was. Hey, look. I think we should wrap this up, but before we go, I have prepared a little game. Um, oh, wait, I just have to tell oh, you sorry. that the, f- the fingering segue from yes, earlier. Please, oh, please, yes, please, please. It just can't. relates oh, to um to season four of Summer House, which I'm not going to spoil it, but you hear the term fingering or finger banging about 12 times in the course of an episode, which, you know. I think been... I've heard legend of this too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes. There are just two, two cast members from Summer House who are quote-unquote best friends, <sighs> um, and it's revealed that Carl fingered Lindsay without kissing. 
<laughs> That's very specific. It's very specific that they were just like no kissing. Was, yeah, I imagine That's it was fucked. Yeah, quite a dry fingering. <laughs> No. Can I just tell you, um, I know I've told this story in the podcast before, but it does remind me of my favourite story from high school. And this is all absolutely true, that someone on a um, school trip um, coming back from like a, a, a intrastate athletics carnival, like an athletics carnival in another town, um, someone uh, did get fingered in the back of the bus um, and then that rumour that they got fingered went around the school like wildfire, that they got fingered in the back of the bus. And the boy who did the fingering, no joke, two days later came back to school and his fingers were in a cast. <gasps> and this sounds like a lie, <laughs> but this is real. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so it's dangerous. I'm saying sh- be careful. Stop it is. There was an, a big old like tractor tire in the uh, like the back corner of our school oval, and I'm pretty sure that's where people went to finger. Um, and a girl got bitten by a spider there, so it is dangerous. <laughs> and as we've seen on roller coasters, it's dangerous. Oh, so Very dangerous. dangerous. You might kill your dog. Um, yeah, because he's a murderer. <laughs> okay, so I played this game, and sometimes look, we usually play games on this um, podcast, Brody, but we don't. I only play it with Beck, so there's only one person competing in the game. But I'm really excited to have you today because you can both compete. Um, so, like people all over the world, the housewives uh, have been staying at home at the moment, for most part, observing the lockdown. Some wearing masks, um, some not, okay. and it's difficult for them because their whole life is like attending events and parties. So some of them are going completely mad. I thought I'd play a little game where I read out an Instagram caption and you can tell me if it was written by a housebound housewife or not, or if it was written by somebody else. And bonus points if you can tell me who wrote the caption. Um, so I thought we'd begin. Let's play a little uh, theme music here, if you don't mind. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. That's that's Xavier. That's Xavier from Big Brother. Sorry, Um, let's see... Uh, this will Are you be better. A&R? <laughs> yes. Yes. I wish I was on Molly. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Paparazzi on the air. Oh my god, I was hoping to just cut to the point in the song where the where the chorus was, but I don't think there is a chorus. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there. Ready? There will be. She's like RuPaul. Let's get there. I think this is coming up now. Ready? Sing along if you know it. Yes. Feeling so funny. Feeling so funny. And it feels so good. Oh, it does. I've got the deep. I've got her deep voice. Like you could do it. You could do it. <laughs> by the way, Rosie in the air. By the way, I was thinking about Luann the other day because I went back to season one, obviously after watching her in season 19, oh, 11, and twelve. Her turquoise jewelry season. Her turquoise jewelry, but also it was kind of like her voice was. Um, quite different and so was Ramona's actually like yeah. all of their voices are different and it just reminded me of like going back to like the Tracy Ullman version of the Simpsons where Homer has oh, a completely yeah. different voice yes. <laughs> yeah yeah like Ramona particularly starts off where she's like very calm and relaxed and this is mm. how Ramona would talk in season mm-hmm. one and then in the current season she's like what are you talking about oh no <laughs> it's like insane she sounds choice. like um, Linda from Bob's Burgers. She does. <laughs> she does. And Jill Zarin, like, 
I just loved early Jill Zarin when her voice was like Ramona's is now. She's like, yes. I'm Jill Zarin. I'm a connector. <laughs> Everybody knows me. Oh my God. Okay. Here's okay. this, here's this game. Okay. Uh, Housebound Housewives. You tell me, um, just, uh, you don't have a buzzer, but you can just butt in whenever you like and, um, and, mm. and win the point. So, okay. <laughs> now this, this is a caption. Wash your hand, my friends. Soap, say la vie. Who said that's that? A, that? That's a Lou caption. That's correct. It's oh, Countess man. Luann, Instagram, <laughs> 18th of March. Okay, here's another. <clears throat> this is your chance, Vic. Mm. Update on my Lyme disease, feeling healthier than ever. <laughs> By the way, all these captions come from during the lockdown. I feel like I've heard that there's a housewife that has Lyme disease. Is that Yolanda or... Hadid Nee Foster? Do you want to have a guess, Beck? Um... No, I don't know her name. Okay. It it's, was just, I remember, was it there like controversy if people believed if she had it? I think it's a storyline on a couple of housewives okay, because right. because this was Ramona Singer. Oh. Instagram, 23rd of April. Well, yeah, there, was a, there was a season of um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where Yolanda Hadid, um, Nee Foster, was um like uh, <laughs> Lisa Rinna, like I said, they their their entire season long storyline is just about one conversation, <laughs> and that one was Lisa Rinna going, "I did mention Munchausen, <laughs> I did say the word Munchausen, and I shouldn't have said it. I just said it three more times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun word to say. To be fair, it I, really is. Okay, this next one, <clears throat> housebound housewife or you know member of the public, you tell me. Oh. You couldn't be bothered to think of a second. Thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a very quick game that I all know. Could we not do housewife or housemate, and then it's big oh, brother that's contestants? Anyway, that's, that's a punch up that I didn't think okay, of. Okay, well. Um, okay, and once again, all during the lockdown. So these are lockdown okay. related. All right. The special two by Missy Higgins is about the coronavirus. <laughs> is that Beck? That's right. It is. Beck didn't even get her own. Catch. <laughs> I'm a fan. So that's two one two zero to um Brody. Three zero to. Brody. No, I didn't get the last oh, one. Yeah. She didn't. Right. <clears throat> Here's another one. What can I say? I love a good bush. <laughs> this could be Beck again. <laughs> Is that a housewife? Is it Sonia? It is a housewife. I'll give you the point. It's a housewife. It is Countess Luann, your second guest there, about falling in the bush aforementioned. She does love the bush. Okay, next next. Do you know that she's the count that she was married to? His family like brought the Statue of Liberty to. That's right. And now, the most famous thing that that family's done is. Her threatening to kill a police officer in Florida. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have this feeling this is going to have something to do with blood. Blood clotting makes sense. Like the opposite of haemophilia. Our blood is throughout every organ, every inch of our bodies. Just so you know, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just think about stuff constantly. Um, I want to say... It's not a housewife. Yes, Beck. I think you know who is this it is. Is it Pauli Perrette? That's right. It's Pauli Perrette. <laughs> I, I, okay, I have to say I did not see that, but I could tell from the post that it's Pauli fucking Perrette. <laughs> and look, actually, a few days after that, honestly, there were articles about blood clotting and coronavirus, so she <laughs> might be a genius. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I just ask, Peter, because yep. I see you post about Pauli Perrette yes. often. Very often. 
do I need to be following her? What's her? No, you need is to it... be. You need is to be that... following me, and you need okay. to be seeing her post through gotcha. me. Okay. okay. Is she? She's an actor. I, she I was guess. on NCIS. She played like an emo hacker. Yes, but I can picture it all, her. It all started back in the day. She had a feud with Julie. Klausner Julie Klausner because she got her kicked out of a, a dog awards show. A dog awards show. Oh my god! <laughs> and she has the worst posts of all time. She she writes okay, these long rants. And then she will not screenshot them, but instead she will take a photo of the Word doc on her computer. <laughs> it's beautiful, like a hacker. And it, most exactly. fa- her most famous um, uh, her most famous written piece um, ends with uh, the uh, the the phrase "R.I.P. My AIDS Angels." So, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we need to move on. Here's the next housebound uh, housewife. Uh, or um, you know, other <laughs> so weak. Okay, I- icon. Um, we are strong, and we will get through this. Staying home saves lives. Be fierce and feminine with secret deodorant with essential oils. Link in bio to purchase. <laughs> That's a housewife. <laughs> Brody, you're right. Do you want to take a stab at which housewife? Is it new? Are you looking at anyone outside New York? Mm, I might be. Oh, then I don't know. <laughs> okay, it is it is someone from New York. It's Tinsley Mortimer. Oh. <laughs> 9th of April. Oh, Tins. Okay. Lord. Dan Murphy opening hours. Oh, that's um, <laughs> not a housewife. Beck, who was it? Oh, I've forgotten who it was. It was, all- oh, it was um, what's his name? Disease man. It was Nobel laureate Professor Peter Doherty. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> He's I was going to say, it would be quite a fun twist if it was like one of the Sydney or Melbourne. Oh, yes. Well, du- well, I can tell you that during, I was, as I was researching this, during um, uh, the lockdown, uh, there's been a new song released um, by, um, what's her name? Gamble? Gamble. Gamble Bro. Gamble Bro. Gamble Bro? <laughs> Do you know, I didn't really understand. What do you do at Crown? Gamble Bro? Yes. That's right. Good. Oh, you do belong on this podcast break. <laughs> um early on in the like when everyone was talking about flattening the curve i truly didn't quite like wrap my head around the concept until gamble filmed um her husband wolf pup explaining yes, wolfie it. dr wolfie dr wolfie rick oh, oh, rick. oh god okay i've got two left <clears throat> okay um, one of these is from an Instagram post. One of them is from a couple of different sources. But this is an Instagram post, this next one. Oh, actually, this is a Twitter post. Um, what the pandemic means if, if you want to sell a home or buy one. <laughs> and then it's, a, then it's a link to an article. It's not just that. It's a link to an article. But this... this ha- oh, actually, this person... <laughs> this person just uses their twitter to link to articles because i think they're trying to prove how smart they are is it bethany it's not me (laughs) (laughs) well obviously um it's not bethany it's perhaps the darkest house i don't know if you know her brody Vicky Gunvalson from Orange oh, County. I've heard a lot about Vicky. Oh yeah, she's the she's the real Trump supporter of all the housewives. Oh, she yeah. is bad. Last one. This is from a podcast. Firstly, and then mm-hmm. the explanation is from a Twitter. So it could be a housewife, it could be a member of the pod, uh, member of the public. Lots of people have podcasts. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, what? You're not a housewife? <laughs> not yet. Um, okay. I spray bleach on my children because you can't buy rubbing alcohol anywhere. So I diluted some bleach and water and everyone gets a little spray spray. And then this was followed up by a couple of tweets. Dear Us Weekly, I was exaggerating. I don't spray their faces. I spray the bottom of their shoes. Jeez Louise. I mean, after all, the president did suggest that we inject ourselves with detergent, but I'm just going to stick to spraying the bottom of our shoes with bleach when we come in because we've been all over and I also put Purell on my dog's little paws after our walks. So is that a housewife? <laughs> is that a member of the public, do you think? That's for my housewife, Brandy Glanville. Correct. Oh, oh wow. Brody, you won that game by far. <laughs> I don't have any prize to give you, but right, I think well. the prize has been ours having you on this show, and I thank you so much for joining <laughs> yeah, us for this episode. I'm sorry I talked so much. No, we need it's oh, our longest please. episode ever <laughs> if it works out. The people demand it. <laughs> they will love it. And honestly, I love a long podcast, um, and I have been searching same. out these sort of... We- these kind of recap podcasts. So I think people will love this. We just have to say the last 45 minutes is all Housewives. Yes, sorry about um, that. Can I just yes. say, to get off Housewives and to get back onto the thing that everyone listening will care about, mm-hmm. um, the statue that I think is worth protecting is the one of <laughs> Molly Meldrum holding his dog, oh which is outside God. the Corner Hotel in Melbourne. Okay. I want to. I think I've been to the Corner. That. I want to see that. Yeah, it's really good. My friends climbed it after a gig once it was really fun <laughs> oh my god okay oh. well thank you both um and i don't have anything uh more to say uh, uh do you have anything to plug Brody? yes do you have anything to plug no nah. <laughs> just my twitter it's bad jokes about uh, and then getting mad about the football yes go so very Hawthorne. is that off right Brent. no bad oh shit who is it richmond oh they're both <laughs> yellow aren't they uh, Hawthorne is golden brown, Richmond oh, is yellow and black, but it's fine because okay, we, fine. when we play each other, faded Richmond jerseys and bright new Hawthorne <laughs> jerseys kind of look the same. Yes, well, look. yeah. And Get Beck, a girl who can do both. Yes. Beck, anything to plug? <laughs> Did we get Brody's plug? No, we just... she has nothing yeah, to my, plug. Yeah, my Twitter. Twitter. Oh, your Twitter. Brody Lancaster. <laughs> And your oh, Great Guardian awesome. piece, your Great Guardian piece about Beverly Hills. It's only a couple oh, yeah. of weeks. All her writing, a books. Yes, She's books, done it all. whatever. Whatever. Yeah, that Guardian piece that got me my free Hey You. What was? Yes. Her, her, her <laughs> book, her book um, what was the Aviva Drescher title? Uh, <laughs> leggy, blonde. Leggy, leggy Blonde. <laughs> leggy Blonde. My life, my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and Beck. I've got nothing going on. Nor do I. Okay. okay bye. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> yes. I'm I really did and set that up in time. Yes. Okay, bye. Stop that. Tracking like the bad breath. My grandma thought the poetry cheap like a hotel. Tracking like half man, half a raisin. Yo, 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 trout. Tracking like the bad breath. My grandma thought the poetry cheap like a hotel. Tracking like half man, half a raisin. Yo, yo.